Hi, it's Corey Bielek with Canalaski Uranium. I'm the CEO, Executive Vice President, and Director for the company. And I'm here to talk about Canalaski Uranium and its incredible portfolio of uranium, copper, and nickel assets that really are world-class, and we're off on significant discoveries, we believe. Stay tuned, because it sure looks good. You've got all the buzzwords, haven't you? Uranium, copper, nickel. We do. Not too bad, right? Yeah. Not too bad. Hey, look, you're here in Europe, so that's why we're seeing you, London specifically, but you're on a European-wide uh, road show talking to people. I'm sure it's getting a little bit repetitive and telling the story, but I'm interested in what are people you know, coming back to you with? What are the questions they're asking? Yeah, it's really a varied set of questions, uh, Matt, but, you know, I think there's a lot of really educated individuals out there that follow the mining space, but there's also some that do not, and in particular the uranium space and its importance to, you know, that clean energy environment moving forward and why we need more of it, simply need more of it. Well, it's, it's definitely topical at the moment. Obviously, you've come off the back of nearly 18 months of, you know, Russia-Ukraine situation, energy rising energy prices. In fact, here in the UK, prices went up again last night. Um, so people are very conscious of that. So uranium's kind of found its place at the dinner table in terms of, in terms of discussion. But how does a company like you take advantage of that narrative going on out there? Well, how do you keep your energy prices down? You need cheap, affordable, baseload energy, and nuclear provides that. So really, it's a fantastic model in that baseload power space to keep those costs down. It's impacting everyone globally, not just in the UK, but in Canada as well. My costs have doubled. So, you know, it's just the right space to be if we want to make a change, keep those prices down, allow society to do what it wants to do. Right, so, and, I, and I, was, I was here at this um, conference listening to some of the questions being thrown at you, and I think people were talking about, what about all these new technologies? You've got fission coming through, we've got hydrogen as part of the, the solution. Um, it could overtake nuclear soon. Can it? I, I don't think it can take it, overtake it soon, Matt. It's still, still a ways down the road. It's definitely going to be in the future at some point, but what can we do today? to make a difference by 2050, which we need to do. Well, nuclear has to be a larger portion of the clean energy production globally, and that means more reactors, different types of reactors in new and different jurisdictions. And what does that really mean for our business model? More uranium needs to be found to feed those reactors. We need to find the fuel. For sure, okay. And I, th I think the SMRs was a big part of the conversation yeah. today, and people had a, you know, a, a kind of clear understanding of what, the, what that could be. Um, so that, that, that was interesting on a kind of retail basis. But the other thing that's gonna need feeding are some of these big plants at the moment. You know, we, I was intrigued by page, uh, or one of the pages on the presentation around the fact, like Cameco, where you used to work for a long time, you know, uh, they're gonna, they need to keep feeding those plants you know, in 10 years, in 15 years, in 20 years time. And obviously the restarts will you know, hopefully start soon. Um, but where's the, where, where are the next pounds on the ground coming from? And that is, you're very conscious of that, clearly. You're not going to produce these things, are you? We are not going to produce uranium. We're so what is to, your model then? We're out there to find those deposits that are going to feed into those pipelines for these large companies like Cameco or Rano or others that will get it to the market with the utilities to produce that clean energy. We're out there for discovery, the very front end of that value curve, and that's our model. We don't want to produce uranium. That's for big companies, but we can build a lot of shareholder value on discovery, right. create the auction, get, get it into the hands of the players that will take it forward into the production phase. Okay, well, okay you're, you're talking about the front end of the value curve. For Again, you mentioned yourself, there's a lot of newbies in here, I'm not used to the, uh, the mining space, the vocabulary, the narrative that goes on here. What do you mean by that, take advantage of the, the that, that kind of the value curve? Well, a lot of the value on discovery, whether it's uranium, nickel, or copper, is really coming down to that discovery. You take it from nothing to something. And when you can build a resource very quickly, you can value that resource, start to get that value 
into the uh, the shareholders. Mm -hmm. And there, there's a very, very significant upturn right on discovery before you enter the longer phase of putting it into production and then taking it ultimately to production. So, you know, it's really about front end, low shareholder dilution to go out and make discoveries, bring in partnerships, there's other ways to do it. Project generate, create new ideas, new projects to get it toward discovery and bring them in to help de-risk it. So. Well, let, 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 sorry, before you go on, let, let's talk about that specifically because most shareholders are worried about share, you know, shareholder dilution. Mm -hmm. I, you've got to raise money, issue more shares, mm -hmm. they're diluted just to do what you need to do with your portfolio of products. So you've, you've got a suite of uranium, we'll get onto copper and nickel in a minute. Uh, you've got a suite of uranium projects in the Athabasca um, basin. It's where people want to be. How do you how how are you tackling each one of those? Because you've got to throw a lot of money at these things, right? Yeah, just to find a discovery. Make yeah, a discovery. Absolutely, it's extremely rare to make a discovery. It's extremely rare, even more so, to actually make a discovery that matters. And uh, we've got multiple discoveries in that portfolio. Don't in the all discoveries basin. matter. Uh, Don't all discoveries matter? matter, but very few make it. Meaning and what? Economically. Economically, very okay. few make it. And so we're not tasked with finding mineralization. We're tasked with finding an economic ore body or one that could be economic. Okay. Okay. So, you know, to go out and find mineralization doesn't do much good. What you need to do, go out and do is make a discovery that makes sense and is big enough. So give me more of that. It creates a lot of value for shareholders. Okay. So give me, give me more there, right? Because that's interesting because uh, you're now saying to me, I shouldn't get excited when companies kind of declare they've made a discovery, which is hard and Very rare, hard. right? Yes. But when, when they've made that announcement, you're saying, oh no, don't get too excited, Matt. Don't get too carried away because they're not, they're not all going to stand up. Well, get so excited. Get, get excited because a discovery is a discovery, but then you have to start segregating out which are the real discoveries versus which ones, you know, um, are How do you do that? It takes work. It takes work from our perspective. And from a shareholder perspective, follow the teams that have success. Follow the teams that are generating results, maybe on multiple fronts. Right. Over the last little while, like ours, where we've got multiple discoveries within that portfolio in eastern Athabasca. How many have you got? Oh, oh lost count, Matt. But uh, <laughs> and we're working on one at West MacArthur. Okay, show off. We're working, we're, we're, we're working. More or less than ten. We're working with our partner Denison at, <laughs> yeah. uh, at Moon Lake South. We've right. got another new discovery at Waterbury South, the polymetallic uranium right. zone. So we've got multiple discoveries on the go in our portfolio just in the last couple of years. Most right. importantly, at West MacArthur, the Pike Zone, and we've yeah. drilled up to twenty-five percent uranium there. So you know, he's paying for that. Good. Uh, we are. Right. But that's because the project's responding to our exploration. So this is part of the hybrid model that we deploy as a company, mm -hmm. whereby the projects that are responding to our exploration spend, we continue with. Right. Others that are higher risk, maybe early stage or project generated, yeah. we'll invite partnerships in to help de-risk those toward that discovery. So, so what would so it's return? a balanced approach. It's a balanced approach to the portfolio, right? So risk mitigation, I get it. But in terms of you know, return on capital invested, which is what you know, we kind of care about, are you spending your money wisely? So pros prospecting, give me an example of you know, what's worked. What's worked? Uh, utilizing brand new geophysical tools yeah. to retarget on old targets. Right. And what that's allowed us to do is go out and drill holes that have changed our knowledge mm -hmm. and ultimately working toward a discovery like Pike well, Zone. That's what's exactly it, what's happened. But what, what's, what's it, what's it, you, you talk about the optionality about how you finance these things, right? So you, you're going staking and then you're doing the, the geophysical work, mag, what, what, you know, whatever you do to kind of evolve right. it, say so identify targets, which become anomalies, which become discoveries. Hopefully, it sounds easy, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, should, I should give it a go. <laughs> um, where, but you, it, again, it comes back to that money side of things. I get the higher risk ones you want to outsource. Use someone else's money, 
but you're, you manage it? Is that, is that the kind of uh, We can. Try well, to? One model is that we will operate it for yeah. those companies. Another model is they may operate it. But we want to retain enough interest mm. in, in those deals or royalties or whatever it might be right. that upon success, our shareholders can still you know, well, so what's that look like? You kind of get ownership. free carry and you get some NSR on it, or how do you yeah, structure so, it? Yeah, so generally we start, let's say we start with 100% mm. for our project. We invite a partnership in. They can earn up to 80%, let's say, mm. of that project by spending whatever, whatever right. you can agree on that should be spent okay. to move it toward discovery. Ultimately, getting drill holes in the ground. That's the only way that you make a discovery is by drilling holes. And we can't do it all with a portfolio of over 300,000 hectares in eastern Athabasca. We can't do it all. So okay. we bring in partnerships on those projects that you know we don't want to focus on today. They're still great projects, mm -hmm. but we can help use others' investment to de-risk them toward that discovery. So how do you know what you need to do? How do you know what's going to be attractive to a major? Yeah. And what is attractive to major? Well, that comes with experience, Matt. And on our team, we've got that experience. Uh, I'm ex-Cameco for 25 years. Right. I've uh, been in all parts of the business unit there, from exploration to mining to, uh, to corporate development, running overseas offices. So we know what we're looking for. Been part of discoveries in the Athabasca Basin over the years. Yeah. I brought in a vice president of exploration from Cameco, over 10 years with Cameco, part of other major discoveries, including the nearby Fox Lake zone, near our Pike zone discovery. Yeah. So, you know, you've, you've got to lean on that experience. And, you know, I often use the phrase, this looks right. Right. I've used the phrase, this smells right. There's a reason, because you've seen it and you've done it before. And that's the experience we have on this team. We've been in Eastern Athabasca making discoveries for many years and decades in, in some cases. And, uh, and the former VP for Ken Alaska was the discoverer of Cigar Lake one of the giant mines in northern Saskatchewan. So, you know, we've got a team that knows what they're looking for, and we've got a team that's been part of these big companies. We know what they need. They need right. a pipeline of projects, ideally tier one type projects, those projects that can make money, those mines that can make money at almost any uranium price. Right. And that's what the Cameco of the world needs. They need to find production for the future, which is gonna feed into this incredible market that's in front of us. Okay, so you know what they want. Have you got anything like that now? Oh, we do, we believe. And that's what we're working on at Pike Zone. This okay. has all the fingerprints of one of these major, major mineralizing events, mm -hmm. tier one deposits like MacArthur and Cigar, and that's what we're continuing to work on. We've also got other projects that are starting to show those signs as well. Again, this doesn't happen often, so when you start to see those signposts, you've got to pay attention to them because you could be right next to that big ore body. Right, okay, you need to pay attention, you need to throw some money at it, and you need to get focused, exactly. for, for, for sure. Um, you made me smile a second ago, it's like, is, is, is this kind of like general, general, generalist commentary, it, it, it needs to look right, it needs to smell right, and then I remember what you said about an hour ago, it literally does smell, doesn't it? It does, it does, and, and, and I've used this before, it smells like steamed Brussels sprouts. Right. And when I get calls from the field, my geologists, who know what they're looking for, long, long careers with Cameco and Arano, yeah. they go, the core shack stinks. Right. It smells like steamed Brussels sprouts. That tells you that the fault, the mineralized fault around yeah. one of these deposits is breathing. It's breathing from the core. And it is diagnostic. And right. that's when you know you're close to something that's pretty significant. And that's why we get excited. So it's not me, it's the uranium core. Yeah, okay, cool. yeah. Good. Um, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about where you go from here. Because I think it, what, what's... The difficult thing with exploration stories is sometimes they've got like one asset and if it doesn't work, it's really hard to kind of move things from. You've kind of got 
you've got a lot of assets on a lot of ground and there's similar sorts of problems. Like I'm not quite sure where to look. So I get the model where you're kind of um, optioning out or letting people JV in and using their money, but your expertise, or if they want to do it, you let them do it. So there's a lot of moving parts here, but Pike's own for you is, what should we be looking at? What's, what's important? What's important yeah. is we're drilling the holes, they're generating results. We are moving projects toward discovery. Are we hitting mineralization? Are we hitting alteration that makes sense? Are we getting the money in the ground for our shareholders? Every single hole that yeah. we drill has an opportunity to make a discovery or build on a current discovery. But everyone says that, right? Everyone, everyone says, says that. that. So I'm interested in you, a $50 million company, yeah. has been as high as 80 recently, um, but like the rest of the market kind of come off a bit. It's tough, but there's a, there's a lot of stories there's going to be more news stories coming out um, and you've got to kind of stand out and say, well, where do we sit in this mix and why are we likely to succeed where others won't? Well, because we've got the team, we've got the land, we've got the partnerships in Cameco and Denison as examples, and we know what is needed to get into the hands of these producers for the future. And we're out there looking for it and we're delivering results. We're hitting mineralization on multiple projects. Right. With partnerships with Cameco and Denison. Okay. And uh, it's coming. The results are coming. So, m m okay, you're hitting mineralization, but it's got to be economic mineralization. Exactly. So, in terms of priority order of what's, what's nearest, where the value should be attributed, because I'm sure you'll tell me you're worth a lot more than 50 million. I'd be disappointed if you didn't. Uh, what should we be attributing value to now? And in the near term, like the, in 2023, okay, based on what, what you what you've because a lot of activity last year, mm -hmm. you're just about to start some more activities, spend get more drills turning, more money being spent, etc. What, so what what are we going to look to see by the end of this year? What does success look like for success you? Success is building on the Pike Zone. Success right. is building at Moon Lake South. Yeah. Success is building on what we believe we're onto at Key Extension in terms of a new grassroots play, which is very close to that critical infrastructure that right. needs feed. Right. In 15 years' time, post-McCarthy River, right. we're right there. We're what do you, what do you right mean, these speed? The well, McCarthy River has about 15 years of mine life left once right. in full production, which they're ramping up to. Right Are they now. not the reserves? The reserves will be depleted. Okay. Okay. And there's no more to be found. There's no more to be found. So where is the next tier one asset that's going to feed the Key Lake Mill, the Rabbit Lake Mill, the McLean Lake Mill? It doesn't exist in the eastern Athabasca Basin. Mm. And when we say that we have something that looks like a tier one event, yeah. We've got to go out there and drill and make sure it is a tier one deposit. And if it does, it has a home. It has a home because we know what the chemical and of the world are looking for in terms of production. And they need it in their pipeline. They need it to supply the utilities that continue to need, you know, uranium fuel, but also for the new reactors coming online, whether it's SMR or other, they're being built around the world, including Canada. So, you know, it all is going to take more uranium. And if we can find a tier one asset, it has an automatic home, and yeah. that's our focus. Right, okay. That's our focus. Okay, I hear you. Like, I'm, I'm sure you'll come on, and we'll get a little bit technical so the, the drilling comes through as well. But the, you, when the market was a little bit tricky last year, mm -hmm. you went off and did a few deals, right? You, you, you liked doing these deals, obviously, with, with, with the Aussie guys, it was, it was great. But the copper nickel projects, I mean, hot, 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 right? It is the thematic. Every conference that I go to that involves battery metals, is round and it's round with people from from automotive manufacturers, anode guys, battery you know, battery manufacturers there. So the OEMs, I should say, uh, governments, etc. The debt component of anyone who's got an economic 
battery metal project, they're, they're fine. Mm. And we've seen in Canada recently the, with the, the incentives being offered there, you, it's effectively, if you qualify, 50% of your equity, non-dilutive equity, who thought that was a bit of a phrase, um, is available um, you know, for you, but you, you've got to qualify and go through the phases. So copper nickel projects, um, obviously Manitoba, yeah, Manitoba for nickel. And primarily. a little bit, and yeah. you've got the copper over um, in, where's it, sorry, where is this? We, we've got a copper project in British Columbia, in the BC. Quinultra. Yeah, okay. We've also got a copper VMS deposit in Manitoba near Rattan. Right. Which is a, a past producing, very large VMS deposit, right. uh, zinc and copper. So what do you know today about it? About which? About Manitoba. What, what, what have you... Oh, you know, Manitoba is a great jurisdiction to work in. I right. mean, it really is. But it's got a the long asset. mining history. Right. Great assets. Yeah. Um, if we just go to the nickel space, we're mm. the second largest landholder valley. We just bought a nickel deposit right near our projects, just north of Thompson, mm. Valley's main operations. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's 5 million tons at 0.87% nickel in the ground. It's about a billion dollars worth of nickel in the ground. Mm. Most of that's indicated resource. Mm. That's all to leverage our portfolio that sits in that uh, in that nickel space in Manitoba. So it's a okay. great jurisdiction, great nickel assets. Yeah. And we've just added to that in a very significant way. How in the do you last pay month. for it? I'm sure we pay for it. Yeah. Well, how? Uh -huh. And how much? A uh, little bit of cash and shares. Right. A little bit of cash and shares. Yeah. Total right. value of probably around a million dollars. Does that stay? Do you think it stays in the company as is now, or is that what are the? How do you how do you fund that? So that's where I'm going. So 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 the best way to go about it, Matt, is to is to find a way to monetize it for our shareholders. They've yeah. been very patient as a uranium company, yeah, branching out into battery metal space connected mm -hmm. to clean energy and nickel. Um, obviously, a need there globally, mm -hmm. but uh, we're probably looking at uh, creating a new vehicle and getting it out okay. and, and get it running. So my goal is to find a way to monetize that appropriately for our shareholders. And the addition of this asset was a piece to getting us there. Interesting. Okay. Okay. That's that, 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 and timing, not sure. Whenever is right, I guess. You're never going to tell me, are you? Hey, <laughs> my goal is as soon as possible. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. Okay. And over to BC. What's happening over there? Uh, right now, it's in Nominica Minerals' hands. Uh, mm. They're the operator, so we're waiting for the program budget, see what they want to do with that. But uh, the first program there that we drilled a couple of years ago mm. hit copper in several of the holes. So we're in the right copper environment. Mm -hmm. The question is, you know, we need to do more drilling. And when Nominica wants to do that, then they'll they'll put forth a program budget, and we'll move forward from there. Okay. So it sounds, sounds to me you're you're managing the balance sheet, you're managing cash expenditure and, and, and very much focused on this kind of return on capital invested, um, which you know, all shareholders you should, should be concerned about. Um, but like I say, there's so many moving parts. I think that, I guess that's the challenge for you saying like, you know, we've got our flagship projects. We know what we're doing there. We know what we're trying to build for, you know, the big guys like the Cameco's um, of, of this world and the smaller projects, partnership and deals to be done. So it's, it's a lot of moving parts at the moment. There are a lot of moving parts, but that's the exciting part of the business. You know, there's lots of different ways to build value for shareholders. Uh, the best way is through discovery. We can't do it all. So inviting in partnerships or other expertise to help you move that forward, whether it's uranium, copper, or nickel, totally makes sense. And it's one way to leverage, leverage the financial world to get the money in the ground to make those discoveries. Right. It's, uh, it's one of the tools we have to deploy. Okay. Absolutely. Now, You've been a kind of retail story. We, 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 you know, been we've known and has been speaking to you as a company and um, for over three years now. I think it was about 
five, six million bucks when we market cap when we okay. first started yeah. selling to Peter. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously things have you know taken off in the last eighteen months, uh, you know, or so. Um, it's also because there's a lot more funds looking here. It's not just the re it's very much a retail story, but there's a lot more institutional guys, a lot more funds looking at who these players can be. Obviously, you've kind of got the the blue chip background, um, but not quite of the size yet for the funds to kind of deploy capital. But they're they're looking. You've been bouncing around um, Europe again. What what are the institutions interested in? Is their starting position quite basic, quite low? Do they understand the opportunity in front of them? I think they really are starting to understand the opportunity in front of them. And, you know, the old saying is get in when no one wants to be in. And right now we're in a bit of a strange market. Mm. But if you just think of the uranium fundamentals, just uranium in general, battery metals included, um, incredible opportunity here to get in now because what is coming is going to be just a massive event, a sustained commodities event. And, um, you know, I think, I think. The institutions are getting that, so they're looking at opportunities like Can Alaska, whereby maybe really undervalued in the market today, given all the results coming out of the portfolio. For a company that's been around a long time, remember we've been doing this for 20 years. You know, I've been in the space for 30 years, mm -hmm. most of that with Cameco, yeah, and uh, as as well as part of my team. So we've got an incredible record of being in this space, delivering results, and now our or drill bits doing the talking. Right, okay. And you're, and you're again, we talked about that kind of sound curve moment for, for you at the beginning of this conversation. But so you, you know exactly where you want to play, where the leverage is coming, and you're not going to dilute by trying to go and raise CapEx at some point, which, 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 is, which is great. We're very clear as investors where you operate. Um, so in terms of the speed at which things move, Clearly, obviously, the market. There's a couple of moments last year which you know all boats fly float on a high tide uh, scenario came, came came true for everyone. But it also is true when the, the tide went out, everyone's going to come off again. But for you to set yourself up for maximum success, when do you think a? I keep saying Cameco, but there are others who are runners of this world who come to play and come to um, buy at the right opportune moment. For you, the timing is what shareholders aren't sitting in this for a you know 10, 15 year build out phase. They're in it for a shorter period of time, as far as you're concerned with your model. Is that right? That's correct. You know, if we go out and make a discovery, we want to move that forward as fast as possible. Get get it to the point where you understand what might be the resource, or actually deliver a resource mm. to the shareholders, to the market, so that we can understand it and value it appropriately. That's my goal: is to mm. make sure that we move our projects forward, our discoveries forward, to the point where we can build maximum value for shareholders. Because you know, at the end of the day, it's a short one, two, three-year time frame from yeah. discovery through to that knowledge. Okay. If you do it right. Okay. And then our goal is to create an auction out there. Right. Get it into the hands of someone that might take it to production, like a Camel or a Rano or other. Yeah. Because that's not our game. So, so let me let me be clear because I because again, there's um, a big audience who've not are new to all of this, mm -hmm. right? So when you say that that's a short time frame, that sounds attractive, but what the expectation is if that does happen. The, price, the shares go up in value, right? Absolutely. There's with the spin out, with the with the copper or nickel, both, whatever. Um, there's some shares allocated to shareholders for that new new vehicle, etc. So there's lots of different moments, exit events, and uh, value moments for me as a shareholder. If I come into an organisation like yours, because of the size of the portfolio, 
rather than one major event that you're hurtling towards. Is that, is that it's always again? It's always good to have more than one project. We have that. We've got more than one project delivering, mm. more than one commodity in this case, where we can try and build value for the shareholder, whether it's a spin out or other. So it's about creating opportunity for our shareholders to make money. And they've been very patient with Can Alaska we, as we've moved into the nickel space, mm. as an example. Now we have to find a way to bring that value to the shareholders. And that's, that's what I'm tasking myself to do. Good man. Good to see you here in London. Yeah. We'll see you in your backyard soon, hopefully. But um, yeah, nice to see the company move along. Thanks, man. Real pleasure to be here today.